0: Well, hey everyone, and welcome to episode number twenty-nine of Your Questions, God's Questions. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. And uh, some of you, most of you, actually watch this on a recording, or you will listen to it. And I encourage you to share this with others as well, especially when you when you get an answer to something. Or right now, we're doing the section on God's questions, and there's something you say, "Wow, this would really benefit." others, not just me. And uh, so if you do that, that's it's kind of your way of sharing uh, the good news. And so we're doing this uh, pretty well every weekday for like the last uh, month or so. And we'll keep going for until the end of this week. I'll finish on Friday and take a couple of weeks off. So today we're doing another question from the major prophet Isaiah. and really God has so many questions. Uh, in this book, I think it's 66 chapters long. And uh, yesterday we, we did something from Isaiah. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? A slight correction yesterday it was Philip who talked to that Ethiopian about that very passage uh, in the book of Acts and then baptized him. Uh, I had said Peter yesterday, but it was Philip. Anyway, we're we're doing something again from Isaiah. And this is from the beginning of Isaiah's uh, book, which is really like a masterpiece uh, uh, piece of work, really. A very, very uh, large book. And anyway, at the beginning in Isaiah chapter 6, you see Isaiah's call to ministry, really, and, uh, and it goes like this in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord hmm, sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. And seraphim, these are angelic beings, if we read the Old Testament, stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face... And with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Quite a sight. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, it is interesting that even in the book of Revelation, we see that the author, presumably the apostle John, sees something very, very similar Hundreds of years later, this thing is uh, 600-something B.C. when this was written, okay? So, and the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. This is quite a vision he's having. And then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim, those angelic beings, I know, put yourself into what he's seeing though, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal uh, in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs, a burning hot piece of coal. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Wow, incredible vision and experience that he has. And for those of you who have trouble with the supernatural, just grant him the benefit of the doubt here and watch his reaction. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Here's the question. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here am I, send me. And it it's a fascinating question because, first of all, um, whom shall I send and whom shall go, who will go for us? And this may be... Uh, a reference to the Godhead. Um, we see this in the book of Genesis. The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and yet it's God who's speaking. Well, how can God be speaking and use the term us? Well, if he exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then this is quite possible. It doesn't prove it, of course, but the, the suggestion is here. But look at the question, Whom shall I send? So, look at the sequence that happens. He has a vision of God's holiness. He is forgiven of his sin, which he readily identifies, and he's forgiven of his sin, this image of the hot coal touching, of all things, the prophet's lips, which he would use the most. And then the question God sends out, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah is the first one to raise his hand, and he says, "Here am I, send me." Very willing volunteer, because his sins were forgiven. Now, to be a prophet, I know nowadays uh, in some church settings, to be a prophet is a very coveted thing, and you know people run around the world and they call themselves. Prophets and the like, and they have huge meetings, and you know, thousands of people come to be prayed for and hear what the prophet has to say, and so on. Back then, it wasn't like that at all. No one really wanted to be a prophet. Prophets were persecuted, Uh, prophets were sometimes executed, and because they spoke on behalf of God to the people, and at times, the things that they said to the people on behalf of God. Uh, were not good in terms of you need to get back to what God told you to do. God told you, gave you this law, Israel, and he expects you to live by this law. And if you don't live by this law, here's what's going to happen. And so they were in some ways like spiritual police uh, telling people, reminding them of what God had already said and reminding them that there would be consequences if they did not follow and didn't do what God said. And so it wasn't a coveted role like it is today. And here you have a man who volunteers. He wants to be the spokesperson for God. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Why? Because he has experienced the holiness of God, which leads to his confession of his sin, which leads to the forgiveness of his sin. And then he becomes a willing volunteer, a willing spokesperson for God. Whatever you want, God. Uh, here am I. Send me. And may that be so of us today when we catch a vision of God's holiness. And when that happens, most of the time what happens is we catch a glimpse of our own sinfulness. And then when we experience the forgiveness of sins that God offers to us through the person of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, it turns us into willing volunteers to do what he wants us to do, to go where he wants us to go, to say what he wants us to say, whatever it may be. So I hope that that's an encouragement to you, and I look forward to being with you again as we take a look tomorrow at your questions, God's questions. Until then, God bless you.